podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. We are, of course, the flagship show of the 1012 Network and partners with Sports Drink, your source for all things sports and not sports, a fantastic podcast network in their own right. Go check them out. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We have so much to get to today. Not just the games that occurred and some stuff going around around the Big 12, obviously big TV contract news, and we've got a big announcement that I'm very excited about. Let's just dive into all of it. Joining me today, as she always does, the reason that many of you, most of you, are actually here, that is the magnanimous JSJ, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Hey, Philip, what kind of tree likes to give high fives? A palm tree? Did you just Guess that's a did you read joke. did you read that on the Laffy Taffy package of the candy that you just ate that's left over from Halloween? I haven't ate it yet, but yeah. <laughs> what flavor is that? It's apple because ain't no way you're catching me with a banana Laffy Taffy. It's not the strawberry is the best. Um, banana's fine. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on the top here. I want you to I want to hear feedback on Twitter. Does this make me a bad person? I took all the candy that I don't like and I put it on top of the bowl, hoping that kids would take it. My husband straight up called me evil, but everyone else has been agreeing with me because generally I think I'm always right. So if you want to reinforce that, you are allowed to disagree, but I don't think anyone will. I mean, I look. I pick out the candy that I like from my children and let them have See, I don't have left. kids to tax. No, I get it. So I have to do it myself. Yeah, that's fine. I don't care. You do what you, you're giving people free fit candy. Like, take it and be happy. You've got a whole house, a neighborhood to go through. Like, God forbid you got stuck with the Tootsie Rolls. Like, eh, you'd be fine. You're eight. You don't care. It's candy. You're happy. Just enjoy it. As to someone who's going to take his kid's uh, trick-or-treating. Um, if you live near my house, I like dots. Those are my thing. I know they're like garbage candy. I will. That's niche. Yeah, what the hell? I love dots. I, the only time I get them is now. It's like Halloween. So like, I'm like, I'm going to go and buy a box. I would never go and like to a store and purchase those. I can't box. remember the last time I saw a box of dots. Little little box. Oh, by the way, individually wrapped uh, Twizzlers are uh, the worst. Twizzlers are great. I love Twizzlers. Bill Fenley would disagree. Oh, individually, right? No, no, no. no. Twizzlers are great. Go to the movie. That's my movie candy is I want a pack of Twizzlers. The little individually like quarter length ones that they put at Halloween. Those are, those are awful. They're terrible. They're, they're like, they, they're stale leftover ones that they put into mini wrappers and and gave to you. They're the worst. Um, Red Vine's overall better though. Yeah. No, no, I just, no. All right. Uh, it is not just Jamie and myself tonight. Andy is out tonight, but joining us uh, straight from Big 12 Radio Land, Robbie Triano back on the show. Robbie, welcome. 
It's a pleasure. And the fact I had to sit quiet during all that candy talk was driving me crazy. You don't have to do anything on this show. No, ever. There are oh, okay, cool. very few rules of the show. Uh, Robbie is here for two reasons. One, he's going to help fill in today. Uh, and obviously, as someone well-versed in the Big 12, going to help us recap the weekend that was and talk about this big TV contract. But uh, reason number two, we're very excited. I like Robbie. Robbie's good people. Robbie's been on the show a few times. I've chatted with Robbie. Robbie does a good job covering the Big 12 uh, for Big 12 Radio for SiriusXM. And so we are very excited here at the 1012 Network to officially welcome Robbie into the fold. We've been saying for a while we need a new host for the Midwest Madness podcast, our Big 12 men's and women's basketball show. Christine, the wonderful Christine, is off in Connecticut uh, at another gig, and we wish her well as always, uh, but she had to step away because of that new job. And so we needed a new host, and we looked far and wide and hard, I promise. I've, I've reached out and talked to a number of, of overqualified people to be joining our little ragtag band of misfit podcast mitfit, misfits. Uh, misfit toys? I'll find that way to fit that in closer to Christmas. I love, by the way, Rudolph. Man, watching it now as an adult with kids, it's it's weird. And they're not just mean to Rudolph. They're straight mm. up like, that's bad. Like, they're not. Santa's an, an a-hole to Rudolph. I don't, I, it's just weird to me. Like, why is Santa being a jerk? Anyways, I'm way off topic. So Robbie is taking over. Are you recently watching Rudolph? Yeah, why are you watching it right now? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's stuck with me. Or is this just a thought that sticks with you? It has you? stuck with me since last Christmas, which is the first time I watched it with the kids. That has been in your chest for months. No, a whole year. You've just been waiting to get that yeah. off. Of all the things yeah. that aren't in your head, that's in there? It's, oh, there, <laughs> there are many things in there. It is a menagerie. That comes of, uh, me. I should. Yeah, talk. I, I should say, say anything. You want to be the pot the or the one. kettle in this one, JSJ? Nothing is new here. Uh, but we are thrilled to welcome Robbie in as the new host of the Midwest Madness Podcast. Episode sh- will be starting this week. Uh, once, <laughs> once myself and uh, Andrew from uh, Sports Drink are able to get finished getting the so- show transitioned over to the new host site which should be ready to go monday and have an episode robbie um first formally uh i want to say both welcome and thank you i am thrilled to have you joining us i mean what uh, just a little tease for everybody what what can uh big 12 basketball fans expect from you on the midwest madness podcast this season yeah so i'm really excited to do this because i love college football and like that's where the money is really for for what I do. Like that is what consumes me. But my love and my pride is, is basketball. I love college basketball. I used to play basketball, not very well, but I did used to play. And the fact that you, this opportunity is awesome because one, the Big Twelve Conference is the best when it comes to men's basketball, women's basketball. We know what Baylor we can do. We know what Iowa State can do as well. We know what all of these great stories are. So the fact that we get to tell these stories about the best sport and the best conference is awesome so we'll have episodes every monday and thursday so we have one coming out which is going to be a fun little preview to the season i have five questions heading into the big 12 season my five biggest questions and then i have an interview with kendall kout where we talk in baylor hoops next episode will be our women preview so that will be fun uh and it's just going to be fun monday we recap the weekend thursday we preview the weekend slate so it's gonna be a fun time uh, very excited, very excited. If you are already subscribed to the Midwest Madness podcast, you don't have to do a thing. The episodes will just start popping up back in your feed for whichever way you listen to podcasts. If you have not subscribed yet, you can find it everywhere podcasts are available. That is the Midwest Madness podcast. Robbie taking over as the host. We'll have that first episode up on Monday at some point during the day, but it will be up on Monday. I promise. 
I will be here just tweeting Andrew until he tries to block my number to get this done. It's not a shot at Andrew. It's <laughs> I'm just not always as aggressive as I should be about these things. So we're going to get it done. Robbie, welcome. Thrilled to have you. Thrilled to have you today. Let's hop in here. Obviously, we got games to get to. But the big news on Sunday, the massive news, look, Brett Yarmark has been on the job for like 90 days, I think, if I were to, my math is is correct. And already, the Big 12 has a new TV contract, as has been reported by multiple outlets, uh, started with uh, John Orand of the Sports Business Journal. The Big 12 assigned a six-year extension or a six-year contract. I know there's some technicalities as far as extension and stuff. I don't care. We're just going to roll with this. There's a six-year contract with ESPN and Fox that runs through the 2030-2031 season. We'll start after the current contract ends. Uh, it is uh, worth $2.28 billion. Breaks out to $380 million a year, which is roughly $31.6 million a year per school. That is, of course, more than the schools are making right now. I believe it was 28. That is an increase. <clears throat> to those out there who last year said the Big 12 would be at best get 12 million a school, maybe again, you might know college football, stick to your lane, stay out of the TV numbers where you dare not wave. Um he's he's had enough on Twitter today, I I promise. And he said he was wrong. He admitted. He admitted he was wrong on Twitter. Got to get I mean, it took people like piling on all day. Uh, how, he was going to try and not say it. He was going to try and pretend he had said nothing. I know, I know, I know. But many many a, many a man has failed to admit his faults, no matter how heavily he has been piled upon. And so I will give him a fair amount of due for doing the right thing and admitting that he was mistaken. And now we can all just move on and be excited about the money that's coming in. Uh According to The Athletic, there is a pro rata clause in the contract. Uh, should the Big 12 expand its membership further, as Brett Yormark wants to do? He said back on the 19th, he thought he'd have a new TV deal announced within two or three weeks. He delivered. He is absolutely, and here's the deal. Brett Yormark, since he took over the job day one, has delivered. Continuously, continuously done so. He's continuing to work Man, look, you can't be unhappy with the job he's doing this part. Okay, I'm just okay. I'm, I'm not gonna go off on tangent just yet. Um, just off the top, the money is good. I, I've seen some other numbers thrown around just because of like college football playoff and bowl stuff. We don't know what the college football playoff payouts are gonna be by the time the new contract takes over with the new playoff. I don't care. It could be at roughly fifty million a year per school. That's not a bad number. No, it's not Big Ten and SEC number, but that is not a bad number the current state of things. Robbie, uh, just before we dive into some of the specifics on this new contract, just thoughts overall. Yeah, I think this conference was, they thought that it would be dead in the water after Oklahoma and Texas leave. So one, the fact that we are taking a bump to what we currently have, is just an amazing sign that these major companies are investing in what the league will look like moving forward. And I think that's like an amazing sign when you have your two biggest brands leave you and yet you're still going to be the clear number three when it comes to money and all the other conferences. Like that shows like there's values in these programs that I don't think get it in the national level. There are values in the Kansas States. There's values in the Iowa States. There's value in every single place that always gets undermined and underlooked. And the fact that this deal came out 
is it's extraordinary and it just puts this league in such a good place and i think basketball wise it's going to be awesome and football wise like i think this is good also to be, be to be with espn and fox because yes you could probably make more money if like an amazon or an apple did something and paid you where it's like 40 million per school but now you have ESPN and Fox, where they will get more eyeballs. And I think that's really what Brett Yormark wants. Yes, he could go get the quick grab of money, but I think he wants to grow this thing. And the best way to do that is with ESPN and Fox because so many people already have it. So many, like, I just think for what he's done stepping in, I don't think there's a point along his journey where I've said that's a bad move. I think he's done things right. I think he's been aggressive. And I, I, I think we could be mad and say, you know, I wish it was 40 million. I wish it was more. No, it was a realistic shot. I think we honestly got a little bit more than what we thought. And I think this puts the PAC 12 in a really, really like, I'm very interested in what their next move is. I'm not going to say they're going to get more or less, but this is just an amazing deal right now. You took the words out of my mouth as far as like the consistency and the eyes go, because I mean, I I've had this discussed a lot uh in just like some of the group chats and stuff like that just the the concept of expanding into let's let's say the farther reaches of the streaming space as far as athletics go because tv shows they have expanded people go to platforms for them they've they figured it out somewhat obviously a lot is still shifting in the landscape as far as that goes, but those are things that do not have to be watched live. It's very different than streaming live sports. And so uh, I know Phillips talked about the Amazon prime numbers and how it's not at all clear how well that would translate to other things besides one specific night of NFL football. And so My my personal concern was that in the openness of of being really progressive and being really aggressive, whether that would lead to riskier gambles, um, because obviously it could pay off and it could really not. And so especially again, like this is not news to anyone listening. My primary concerns are not those of most of the people making these decisions, nor of most of the fans, but my primary concerns are being able to watch women's basketball, being able to watch volleyball, things like that. And in those riskier moves, those are the things put on the chopping block first. So to see consistency in where you will be able to find these things, um, to see that it is going to a group that like you said Robbie has really great eyes is going to continue to give really good exposure uh, and still get a good bump in money from it it's it's kind of the best of of all worlds I think and so it, it allows you to continue to have this consistency to feel a really solid sense of security in a time that looked like it should be a time of a lot of turmoil and then not that that far in the future, you can reassess. And if you continue to improve the ground that you're standing on, you know, you you can go where you need to go 
from there. And hopefully the landscape is more stable, both as far as conferences go and as far as whatever viewing looks like at that point. So I think the timeline is really good as well. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that could have gotten a little bit hairy. So I'm, I'm really happy about a lot of aspects of this. And the next time we talk about this, it's a really different conversation because of the viewership trends in your, your quote unquote, other sports in your sports outside of football, men's basketball. Those, those trends are obscene to the point where they are going to be a conversation before too long analytically speaking most likely so it's it's nice to have that feel really good and then we can have some really interesting conversations in a handful of years (laughs) so this contract will uh this will end before the acc and the sec so the next time you go to market will be before those two conferences i think that's a positive thing too we talked about this i think either thursday no, no no probably last monday i forget i know we've talked about this the most important thing for Brett Yormark is growing the Big 12 brand. This is the thing he's talked about. The younger, hipper, cooler. Love it. The Big 10 is a brand. The SEC is a brand. There's plenty of football programs and programs in those conferences that aren't worth what they're getting. But the brand itself, as an overall thing, is worth the money the Big 10 and the SEC receive from Fox and ESPN and everybody else. So Brett Yormark's number one goal is growing the brand. If you limit access to your conference by putting a large percentage of it onto streaming platform only, which is what the PAC 12 is likely going to do. Yes. In the short term, you could get more money. There is a real, there's a real shot that the PAC 12 ends up with more per school per year than the big 12 has. That's fine because the big 12's games are going to be on Fox, FS1, ESPN, ABC, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN plus where they are right now. You're going to be, you're going to get more eyeballs because of easier access to the Big 12. And while you're trying to grow a brand, you want as many eyeballs on it as possible to do so. That is why they went with this deal that they did. This is why they extended it with ESPN and Fox. He talked about wanting partnerships, and that is important here. But you want to be with people who are going to help you achieve your goals. That is growing the brand. And if your priority is growing the brand, then signing a shorter term deal that allows you to do that and then reevaluate the value of your product in a basically 10 years down the line is valuable. Also, this allows you the opportunity as we are just now seeing, this is the first time Amazon's having Thursday night football. We didn't have live sports on any sort of streaming package of that kind until this year. It is still new. We're talking a handful of games that we have data on. We don't know how this is going to work. We don't know if it's going to work. We don't know how successful it's going to be. We don't know what its value is. And so allowing yourself to feel secure and grow your brand and continue to watch that space and evaluate how it's going to turn out before you jump into it blindly, let's be honest, blindly jump into it, hoping that it will work out for you. This is the smarter move. Kevin Warren, the Big Ten talked about they wanted to be on CBS and NBC and ABC and Fox. They wanted to be on these networks so that as many people as possible saw their football. That is what Brett Yarmark has done. I think it is the right move. You'll still have your streaming with ESPN Plus, but I think it was wise to do this and, and say, you know what? We got more money. Maybe we left some on the table because we didn't go after an Amazon or an Apple TV. Maybe we left a little bit of money on the table. But the value of eyeballs and the number that will be available to you 
is worth more than maybe a few extra million by limiting the audience that you would have available by putting a large amount of your content, not just football, but everything else. And that's the biggest thing is your softball, your men's and women's basketball, your wrestling, every other sport that you want to grow and, be, and, and have success with. Continuing to put more eyeballs on it and not limit its viewership is worth more than a few extra million dollars a year per school. And to add to that, like, I want to make clear, like, why exactly did ESPN and Fox make this deal? Because you don't have this major, huge brand. But as a whole, when you look at what Big 12 football is, what Big 12 basketball it is, it is the most competitive, most parody in this league, especially with Oklahoma gone in football. You could have a new Big 12 champion every single year, and I don't think you could say that of any other league. And this one quote from the Sports Business Journal article said, Fox's deal also provides a slate of Big 12. No, no, not that one. Big 12's parody helped convince Fox, whose package includes of 26 football games per season, to do the deal. So it's clear that Fox valued the parody of the Big 12. And if we look at what the future of just like sports media and like what sports are, like we looked this weekend. TCU was the best team in the Big 12. They still are when it comes to record. And they were playing a bottom team in West Virginia. And the spread of that game is seven and a half. Why is that? Ohio State, if they're playing Rutgers, that spread is 30. That spread is that much more. So the fact that not these, these, these schools that do not have these major markets are able to get this amount of money just shows there is value in really, really good football. There's value in really good competition. And also when it comes to the sports gambling type of thing, I think that is going to get enhanced in this league. I think people are going to want to bet on this. People will watch Alabama. People will watch the best in college football. But if you want to be purely entertained, I think the Big 12 is the conference, and that's why they are making such a good investment into this league. Yeah, I mean, and I that's, that's why he's such a great fit at commissioner, too, is like at its core, people want to pretend that sports isn't entertainment like they want to act like it, it's something different or superior in some way and, and at its core that's all it is is entertainment and so does it have to be the best single best team every week or can say that it's a lot of really competitive games and it a lot of the times the latter is going to win out as far as entertainment value so lean into it yeah agreed um so let's look at a few things. Uh, the, <clears throat> the A package, as it's called, which deals with football, allows ESPN to make the top four football picks each season, six of the top eight, eight of the top 12, and 12 of the top 20. Uh, Fox will get the other eight of the top 20 picks, and as you mentioned, they get 26 football games per season, shown on either Fox or FS1. Here's the other thing. Big 12 basketball has been purely ESPN property. Fox because no one thinks that Fox is going to end up with anything from the Pac-12 at all. Pac-12 is probably just going to end up with ESPN, and, and if they get some Amazon or something else, Fox is going to get access to Big 12 basketball games. There will be Big 12 basketball games on Fox and FS1. And that's I, I don't think that's a bad thing. ESPN does an incredible job with basketball. Fox does a fine... Let's be honest. Fox's basketball coverage, college basketball coverage is fine. It's not as good as ESPN's. It's just not. But... Having the opportunity to be on Fox as well is not a bad thing. And you would hope that Fox would, having Big 12 basketball as good and competitive and popular as it is, is something they would take part in actually promoting more because you have such a valuable product with that. 
The other thing that I wanted to mention that I hope because of this, this is a wish and a hope. We talked about this, Jamie, I think it was last year. The Big 12 SEC Challenge is awesome. It's amazing. The way it's done is perfect. Every game in one day on ESPN. It's a whole Saturday at the end of January. It's, it's The production quality is great. It is a must-watch event. The Big 12 Big East battle, because it's been on ESPN and Fox, has been split. It's spread out through the non-con. It's kind of like it's a it's a people don't remember that it happens. It is not treated in that way. Not even it remotely. It feels like just a bunch of random non-conference like, games. Oh, cool. Big 12 right. and Big East play a bunch of games. If you're going to have games on Fox, my hope is that Fox treats the Big 12 Big East battle the same way ESPN treats the Big 12 SEC challenge and looks at it and goes, the first Saturday after championship weekend in college football, we're going to do this. We're going to have, this is what we're going to do on that Saturday. We're going to take that Saturday. We're going to claim that Saturday as big 12, big East battle Saturday, and we're going to blow it out. And then we're going to put games on Fox and FS one. And if we have to FS two, and we're going to, we're going to treat it in a very similar way of, we're going to have a Saturday where this is, this is what we're going to do the most of for the day and really builds up because I think it is with the brands of the big 12 and the big East in basketball and men's basketball, especially like, that is such an untapped potential opportunity for Fox if they're really going to be invested in college basketball. I hope that they do it. And I hope that I just that that is such an opportunity for something that should be marquee and would only benefit the Big 12 by having that brought more attention brought on that event and that annual cross conference rivalry every year. No, I, I I agree as well. Just like the future of Big 12 basketball as a whole, it's just like really, really intriguing how they're going to dominate that market. But another thing when it comes to adding like the BYU, and we saw like how good the numbers were, especially for like a late night game, Baylor, BYU earlier in the year. The fact that now you have these games and let's say you have these Big 12, the Big East challenges and all that, like not only for football, but for everything, you can have content from 12 o'clock to about, uh, like 11 central to about one in the morning. Really? You can dominate a whole day with just big 12 things. That's something that I don't think a lot of other leagues can sell. And that's why I think the big 10 did what they did to get those major brands out there. So like, that's also just like a huge selling point. Like I really do think, I know this is my second time bringing it up, but I really do think gambling is going to be a major part or major selling part of what Brett Yormark is going to do. And it's really going to be like, you can just wake up and go to bed and bet on big 12, anything. And that's like it. He is really treating this like like a entertainment business, and I think that's what it should be. Even though they are amateur athletes, but this is what is this is the future. What it's going to look like. Yeah, uh, he he has not made a misstep yet. Um, he has been I, for for a guy. Everyone was like, "Who is this guy? He's such an outside the park hire." We've seen our outside the park hires not work so far. This one is working well. It is um, again. It's only a very short time period into his, his tenure, but it's a success so far. All right. Um, you know what else is successful? Homefield Magic. And making sure that you have Homefield Apparel for your team every Saturday. Because if you are not wearing the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel possible while watching your team, then you're not doing it right. Because if your team loses, well, at least you're comfy in that awesome t-shirt, sweater, or hoodie you're wearing. If your team won... Well, obviously you get credit for wearing Homefield Apparel and applying Homefield Magic to your team. Congratulations. Pat yourself on the back. You were just as important as that punt that went landed down at the one yard line. Like, go you. Just as important as the putter. That's not fair. 
That's and I don't mean it as an insult to punters because the punters are awesome and deserve more respect. You guys know this brand. They have been the longest running partner here on the Big 12 Network and Big 12 Podcast. We love the work that they do. They care. They do great stuff. That TCU hoodie, the Oklahoma State shirt that came out last week were awesome. They continue to produce incredible vintage apparel for every current and future Big 12 team. So if you haven't bought yet, and remember Christmas is coming up, the holidays, whenever you celebrate Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, any other holiday that goes on at the end of the year that I apologize, I can't think, Boxing Day. I don't. Do you give gifts at Boxing Day? I don't know Canadian holidays well enough to... I'll ask Bridget. There we go. So if there is a holiday between now and the end of the year in which gifts are given, maybe it's a birthday... Give the gift of Homefield Apparel. Just use that promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2 for 15% off your first purchase. You, your loved ones, your friends can be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel this college football and basketball season while you are watching games on ESPN and Fox. Two fantastic partners with the Big 12 Conference. Hey, this is Jamie Steyer Johnson, host of the Cyclone Family Podcast. I host a show with my brother, Eric Steyer, and the two of us were raised in the ISU athletic department as my mom has coached women's basketball for over 20 years. Our involvement didn't stop there, and I've been a radio analyst for Cyclone Women's Basketball since 2019, and Eric spent his 2018 to 2022 years as a walk-on on the men's side. We get together each week to talk about what's happening in the world of Cyclone sports, whether that be current seasons, former players, or whatever else we find to be of interest. We'd love to have you join us. The Cyclone Family Podcast. When you listen... Your family. Do you think Olive Garden can sue me for that? Welcome one, welcome all, and you are listening live to the one, the only, Tortillas and Takes podcast. From football to softball to track and field, tune in to get the best coverage in everything that is Texas Tech. Not only that, but find out what unsuspecting star we get to interview and put on the hot seat. Whether you like corn or flour, eating them or throwing them, this tortilla is for you. So listen to Tortillas and Takes. And as always, stay wrecked, people. Okay. This weekend. Robbie, you mentioned TCU and West Virginia. Why don't we start there? TCU with a... Uh, they co- Hey, good teams win, great teams cover. TCU got the cover there at the end. They remain undefeated. And now moving forward, TCU will not play another game outside of the state of Texas until their bowl game. That is a nice thing for TCU. And honestly, I didn't realize this. They've only will have left the state three times all year. Colorado in week one, Kansas in week six, and West Virginia in week nine. Otherwise, TCU does not leave the state of Texas all year. That is incredible. That is amazing. And hey, they beat a team whose quarterback made it through the whole game and didn't come into the game injured and didn't leave the game injured. So we can stop with the TCU injures quarterback nonsense, which was so Correct. stupid. Look, you want to say they've been playing against some injured quarterbacks. That's fine. You want to say they hurt them on purpose. We don't, we don't talk to you. Uh, one note and shout out to Chris Vanini for this one. TCU's defenses so far this season in the last three games, sorry, last three games of the season uh, has allowed 73 points in the first half of its games and 16 in the second half total. The defensive adjustments are the one thing outside of the facts that Mac Duggan, Max Duggan should not just be like a can talked about in the Heisman should be a legitimate Heisman contender and a name that shouldn't just be like, and also nominated like, no, like legitimate it's time. It's like petting Max Duggan. Oh, you're cute. Hey, and then they go to everyone. And hey, else, look yeah. at what's his name at here in Ohio state and Alabama. No, <laughs> Max Duggan. 
should be a finalist at worst for the Heisman. I I don't look. He goes and has four straight games with nothing but interceptions, no turnover, touchdowns. Fine, we'll talk about it. Dude is a Heisman, should be a Heisman contender and not a, ha this is cute, like when we talk about a defensive player, like a legitimate one right now. Yeah, and I, I think it is like watching that team offensively, I don't think there's a team right now that's more fun to watch than that group just because what they have and what they do in Max Doug and what he can do with his arms, like they can just take some shots downfield and be like, you know what, I'm going to have like five great receivers, like get stuff like this. Like Quinn Johnson is an absolute beast and the fact it, it does worry me a little bit because TCU in the first half like seems to just like get hit really hard, but then they come back and they punch even harder to West Virginia and any other opponent with their defense. And this was a game I thought was going to be a little bit more just like in the, in the margin for TCU, just because I think they're so much better than West Virginia. And this is just another sign that the big 12 is incredibly deep uh, because I thought what like Neil Brown is, he should be gone after the season. I think just because there's a lot, not a lot of things I can be excited about for West Virginia football. Uh, but I mean, watching TCU is just like exceptional. And the fact that they were able to do this. And I really do think because they don't have a buy after that non-conference slate, the fact that they have to go the rest of the season and the fact they're still like this strong and this good, like that's an amazing sign for them. Yeah, because there's definitely another team who had a uh, <clears throat> idle week early and is is definitely suffering from it in the Big 12, who we'll talk about here in a minute. As for West Virginia, let me just say this. I'll admit it, I have been defending West Virginia to some extent and say they are not as bad as their record says. And I still don't think that they are. I think they're incredibly inconsistent, but everyone was ready to just bail on them because of the performance against Texas Tech, and I thought they played well against TCU and stayed in that game until the end. Now, I didn't think they were going to win, but they were definitely in that game. Look, I have defended West Virginia many times against fans who are ready to just be done with Neil Brown. Let me clarify something. I'm not defending Neil Brown or his record at West Virginia. Okay? I get it. I'm not going to tell any fan base that you should be okay or settle for less than you believe that you should. Now, this ain't the Big East anymore, and you cannot come in here and expect to just be like, we should just win 9 and 10 games every season. I mean, I don't know that that's realistic, but I'm not going to tell you not to expect that you are a fan, fan is short for fanatic. I would never tell a fan, other than don't be, you know, hateful or just a terrible person, how to feel about their team. Now, I am sorry for West Virginia. I'm sorry that you are the worst team in the Big 12 this year. I don't think they're going to make a move because I think he has too much. Neil Brown has too much support in the athletic department. And I still think that's way too much money for West Virginia to spend. Like, I know you were getting a pay bump, but we're not getting like the big 10 or the SEC's pay bump here. Like, I don't think you should be dropping 16 million at the end of the season to move on from Neil Brown and try and figure out the rest. That said, if he is back next year, I will be with you guys on the, it. Here's my thing. And I'm just going to change it because I've thought about this too much. And I don't really care. I'm going to, it's my show. I can do what I want. Um, I'm getting tired of the, okay, well, next year he has to do this to be able to, to keep his job. My, my view is this. If Neil Brown comes in and wins the big 12 next year, like awesome. Cool. Don't extend it. Just keep letting him, let him like at this point, I don't want to hear like what he has to do next year to keep his job. Because I don't, like, you get to keep the... He hasn't done anything to prove that he should still have a job there. That's the thing. There's 
marquee win. There's no like, wow, he really showed that they can do this. It's like he came in for offense. Their offense stink. They've only won six games. That's the most. It's the most games they've won in a season of six. Like, like there's nothing you're really investing on. Yes, he's like the 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 football program as a whole is apparently better internally, but like the game is. I don't know if people know it's wins and losses and like, he's not good at the wins and losses part. He's good at the, Oh, good culture type of thing. So like, I, I agree with you. There's nothing so far that has said, you know what, this is our guy. There's not. They really uh, look, I don't ever want to like, these are kids. They're unpaid. There's a certain amount of like, I don't want to trash a kid. His biggest mistake was keeping Jared Dagey last year and not going out and finding somebody better and continuing to go with a subpar quarterback because last year's defense was quite good. This year's defense is quite bad, but the offense is good. And he can't seem to be able to line up the two together at the same time. Of, hey, let's have a good offense and not have our defense gone. I don't I don't think they'll fire him. I'm I'm not gonna sit here and just say that they shouldn't in any way, shape, or form. I I just don't think they will because of the money and because of the relationship he has with the athletic director there. But I'm not going to defend him because he hasn't done enough for me to be able to say like, yeah, you should keep going. Like at this point has, he hasn't done any better than like Matt Wells did at Texas tech. And we were all ready to move off of Matt Wells as fast as possible. But the difference was that we loved the Neil Brown higher. And so we wanted to give him, especially us in the media, a longer leash but I, we're, I, I'm, I'm with West Virginia fans. Like, I get it. It's hard to have hope. There's no trust the climb anymore. Like, it's just at this point, it's hey, can basketball be good? Climb is way too far. <laughs> you look up and you're like, oh god, we got 80 more miles to go. Oh, this god. is the stairway to heaven, and we're never gonna yeah. reach it. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, Think about stairs as they go two ways. If you you've seen the uh, oh yeah that's you've right. seen the artist the guy who does the like he climbs the stair and then he falls onto the trampoline and bounces up and then climbs and then falls and then bounces back up two steps down and then fly. and that that feels like West Virginia except it's 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 pretty much been stuck halfway up the stairwell the whole time and it just keeps bouncing back and forth like that yeah and the fans are like all right you can go up the third <laughs> step now all right go 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 up the fourth one uh, no you don't you okay oh, oh okay he's still on the first step okay. I feel like. Phillips probably had that exact experience trying to teach a child how to go up the stairs. I don't know. No, it's just I'm thinking teaching a child maybe. to do anything. Like, okay, now, now you, now yeah. you can't now. Okay. No, no, I, I said, do, no, I said, no, it's right there. Anyways. Okay. Uh, shout out to TCU. You're getting big noon kickoff this Saturday. That is awesome. Facing off against Woo-hoo. the Texas tech team that just, I didn't know they were allowed to go to places that weren't big 10 schools. Uh, and someone was like, well, I guess it's because like, Someone's going to Rutgers and someone's going to Northwestern. I was like, because that's ever stopped big new kickoff yeah. from caring about not going to a Michigan or Ohio State game. We need more Michigan. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Michigan, Iowa. The entire staff there, they ate, they've ate everything in Ann Arbor. Like, they're just tired of it. They're like, all right, let's okay, get some food. Let's somewhere. go down to Texas, to Fort Worth. Yeah. Let's get some barbecue, and then we'll come back up here again for some more Skyline Chili. Um, oh, Texas well. Tech, Baylor. Okay. Um, I, I feel like you're avoiding a certain. No, game. no. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say we're, it out loud. I feel we're going like, to get like there. Are. We're, we're going to get there. I <laughs> no, no. I'm. I am. I'm not as like as upset. People probably think that I am. I promise, I'm not upset. I, this is just the transition from TCU to Big News. You can't see it, but he's sobbing on the 
Yeah. right now <laughs> it's okay like we'll uh, get through this together tcu texas tech is the game so it makes sense to transition to texas tech have playing th- look can we not th- this whole musical quarterback thing that texas tech did on saturday what are we doing like i understand that you weren't cutting it with baron morton then you switch to donovan smith and he throws a pick and then you bring in tyler shuck and his very first pass is at pick six and i don't know how you're setting up any quarterback for success when it's just a musical chair at quarterback. So now who do you start next week? Cause you, you don't trust Donovan Smith, but you do, but you do trust Baron Morton, but you don't, but then it's Tyler Shuck back. Like I like what it's they've been doing. In, a choice. I like what they've been doing in Lubbock <laughs> yeah. and it's been, it's been solid so far, but that's the first time I've just sat back and gone, what are you guys doing? Like I, you have to kind of it's that whole like you have if you have the saying is like if you have two quarterbacks you don't have one well you have three surely you have one in there somewhere that you can at least rely on and say we're just going to stick with him because this is the guy i don't understand what's going on in lubbock with the quarterback stuff well like what do you think gets better by just cycling through a bunch of people like the likelihood that someone gets it going the second they step onto a field when they likely have not been properly prepared as the starting quarterback, getting reps with their players and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, either they're completely splitting it in practice. So no one's getting the amount of practice that they should, or they're not. So they're, and they're throwing people out there who aren't properly prepared. Like there's just not really a way you can justify in the middle of the season doing this little song and dance of throwing random people out there like philip said pick one stick with it like even if you make the wrong decision in theory like and you've got branching timelines where you know morton's better in one but we chose shuck you can't hop timelines this isn't marvel Mm -hmm. like just pick (laughs) one go with it and you're gonna be better off not everything has to be a multiverse yeah, it's like a Yeah, it's like like in the office, like snip, snap, snip, snap. Like I feel like that's what was kind of happening, but it's just like it's also embarrassing too because it was Patrick Mahomes' night, which is like, all right, let's show off our future Patrick Mahomes, Baron Morton, and then he goes eleven for thirty-four. No, I don't know exactly. Like, no, what's going we on actually there. meant. Wait, no, I. Yeah. You know that you know that jersey we were retiring, Patrick? You know, how about you just put it back on and we'll we'll put we'll call you Patrick Mahomes and you just go play uh for like another quarter. No, I, I think Barry Morton is the guy moving forward, but when you go eleven for thirty-four, three three interceptions, like that is just a terrible look. And I think they're I think they're the deepest quarterback room in the entire Big Twelve, but I don't know if that's a good thing because I sure think they would want like a Dylan Gabriel, or I think they would want like a, a Max Duggan type of portion. But if you have three people that are very similar and they all kind of have the same traits, like they are all the same type of passer, but the fact that you put in Tyler Shaw's two passes gone, Donovan Smith only two passes gone, you don't, you don't create rhythm, like any rhythm that way. And they're playing a Baylor team that is like getting much like more improved. So I know it's difficult, but like, I, I disagree with that, but I think, Hopefully next year it will just be one quarterback and it'll be Baron Morton. That that's what I think it'll be. So Morton is basically a freshman, redshirt freshman. I like I get it. Like he played well against Oklahoma State and played well against West Virginia and then had a freshman game. Let's just call it what it is. And mm-hmm. 
this we're going to figure out which guy is hot thing. It does not work at court. That's great at running back. Who's got the hot hand? Great. You go run the ball. Uh, who's the receiver? Who's okay. Throw it to him at quarterback. It does not work. You cannot do it that way. And so you almost, you have to say what's most important building this program to the future or winning as many games as possible this year. I know you have to win games this year, but it's year one for a head coach that's got a lot of leeway because of how much people like him in Lubbock. If you say Baron Morton's the guy, cool, then roll with him and and work through the mistakes. I like I understand people's feelings like Spencer Sanders. Here's how we transition to OSU Kansas State in a minute, so just get me there in a minute. Like, but Gundy's always talked about like you need fifteen like was it 15 games as a starter before you're really like ready to go. And you, you stick with your guy unless you see things where you're like, he's not going to cut it. This isn't going to it. We have to go to the other guy. But this in-game rotating through quarterback stuff, if if Morton's the guy, then you roll with Morton. If he has a bad game, he has a bad game. You've got a lot of tape that you can learn with. But pulling him, sticking him in, sticking him out, sticking him in, like that's the way you screw up a quarterback. Hey-o. That's how you <laughs> that's how you screw up a quarterback. It just is. like, And so I don't – who's your guy? Figure it out. And if you can get one of these guys to be the guy moving forward, then stick with him, roll with it, take the punches, and just continue to develop him and and, and be by, behind him. But the the quarterback musical chairs thing, it ain't gonna cut it. You're not gonna win with it. I don't I don't think it was a good idea. And I think it, it showed when you ended the game with five interceptions. I know Morton had three of those, but still like Shaq and Smith threw four combined passes and both threw a pick. There have been a lot of interceptions by Texas Tech quarterbacks this year. Some of that might also just be on scheme. Yeah, and I want to look at the other side for Baylor. Like, I want to talk about this guy, Richard Reese. After Bijan Robinson leaves and after Deuce Vaughn leaves, it's going to be Richard Lee. Like, it's going to be his league. I think when it comes to running the football, I think it's Richard Reese is the real deal. 36 carries, 148 yards, three touchdowns, and you have that offensive scheme with Jeff Grimes stays there that, like, tailors to a really good running back. Like, Richard Reese is going to be an absolute problem. For me, if I'm Baylor, you're doing everything to keep him there. Like, I don't want anybody trying to poach my best player. I don't think Baylor's a school that has players leave for the transfer portal, but, like, Richard Reese is the real deal and the fact that he's a true freshman doing this, like, that's amazing, and he's I, I I love watching him play. Against Kansas and Texas Tech, the last two games, 67 carries, 334 yards, and five touchdowns. They found their guy. They found you found your guy. I don't care about when everybody else gets healthy. You found your guy. He's your he's your guy moving forward, and he has been impressive the last two games. Now look, we've done this. You get two games, you're awesome. Next game, he might come out and and be you know. 20 for 72, you know, because of, I don't I forget who they're playing next. The point is like, this is the thing with the quarterback. It's okay when you have guys come in and have off games, but when you see enough to go, that guy's got it. Then you ride with them, whether they're good or bad. And Richard Reese is good. And man, Baylor, it took you half the season, but you found your running back. And to your point, Robbie, Shapin's been getting better and better and better each week. This Baylor team is starting to play and look like the Baylor team we thought they would at the beginning of the season when everybody had them as the preseason pick at number one. It's taken them a while to get through the growing pains. Mm-hmm. We said this last week. They still have everything in front of them to get back to Arlington this year. They have Kansas State, TCU, and Texas in a row, two of those at home, Texas on the road in, this, in the regular season. 
they can't they control their destiny to get back to Arlington. They absolutely do with those three games. So the next next couple of weeks for Baylor are going to be very very interesting to see uh, kind of how this season plays out for them. Everyone's pick of them winning the Big 12 is not completely out of it yet. It's just it's not not the way Baylor's playing right now. It's also funny too because uh I love how they got rid of Gary Bohannon. Like we want, we're going to do a different style of offense with Baylor. And it's just like, they just do the same thing. They just run the football and like play good defense. And so they really suck. <laughs> they're, they're like, we're going to change everything with them. And it's just like, nah, we're going to do the same, except obviously Blake Shapin isn't as mobile, but like their offense is the same as last year. They, their team is they tried the on the marketing aspect. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's half the battle. The branding. Yes. All right. <clears throat> Let's do this. I'm not that down bad. I'm not. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I'm, I might have turned the game off at halftime because there was no reason to keep watching, and uh, I wouldn't do that to myself. And you know, I got three kids to play with. OSU hasn't been shut out in a game since 2009 in Bedlam. Largest margin of defeat under Mike Gundy was this one to Kansas State on Saturday. The largest loss for Oklahoma State since a 58 to nothing loss to Texas Tech back in two thousand uh this was a, like a career what was the stat uh last ap top 10 team with a 40 plus point shutout loss was october 26 1968 that's how bad <laughs> this game was for oklahoma state and that is why i'm not gonna sit here and say i it's why i have a hard time with a lot of takeaways in this game i've got a few and i'll, and I'll say them here but I can't. I'm not going to look at this and go like Oklahoma State's entire season is ruined. They're screwed. They're a terrible team. They're, they were completely fraudulent. This game was so historically bad. You cannot look at it and go, "This is who they are now." Like that's just a game where you got your ass handed to you and you came out and played terrible. This is every problem. This game was a perfect example of every problem Oklahoma State has this season coming to roost. Spencer Sanders is the most underrated quarterback in the in the Big 12 this year, hands down. He has carried this offense and carried this team to the point that he had. He had a bad game because he's beat up and got more beat up because you kept him in for too long, Gundy. And the the rest of the team couldn't do anything. You can't run the ball. You haven't been able to all year. And it was ob- obvious more than ever in this game. Dominic Richardson was out. Your defense has been suspect. You have given up big plays, and you gave up a lot of those through the air. Will Howard, look, I trashed Will Howard last year, and I that Adrian Martinez coming in was the right thing. This is not the same Will Howard. I don't know if they replaced him with a robot. I don't, I don't know if it's a new guy who just kind of looks like him. I don't know what's going on. But this Will Howard is is awesome. He is very good. If you're a Kansas State fan, after two performances from Will Howard, you got to be feeling real good about next year or every game that he's got to play the rest of this season. And when he takes over as a starter next year, you got to be feeling real good about Will Howard moving forward at Kansas state gashed the Oklahoma state secondary 296 yards, passing four touchdowns connected on 21 of his 37 passing attempts. It was ridiculous. You've got to feel good about it. But for Oklahoma state, like, look, and Gundy said post post game, like they didn't practice normal this week because he's worried about injuries. And this is what I said. There's a team who had an early idle week, week four for Oklahoma state and it's killing it right now because they are so beat up and I get it. We could talk about injuries happen. That's part of football. I understand that, but they do have an impact. BYU is not good right now because they're beat up and their quarterback is hurt and they have completely seen their season go downhill from talking about big 12 teams. That's what's happening in Oklahoma state right now. The concern for OSU is twofold for here. 
can you get healthy? Is Spencer Sanders healthy? Or is he going to miss games? Because if he misses games, you're losing everyone. He's out. Sorry, Gunner. I, we're not. I'm not doing that. <clears throat> that nonsense. Gundy mismanaging the quarterback room with his son, who took a year off of football, being the backup. Injuries are going to be a big power to this. Oh yeah, yeah, he did. Spencer Sanders is hurt. <laughs> it's going to get sideways bad. You've also cannot let this loss beat you twice. Did you see the opening numbers from Circa? Like Oklahoma State is favored on the road at Kansas next week in a game where Jalen Daniels is expected to come back and be the starter. Like it's a one just god awful you got your ass kicked game. Like it it's just so historically bad for a team that's not historically bad. I have a hard time sitting here being like Oh, shoot, this is who they are. Like, I just, it's a move on, go to next week, get a win in Lawrence, and, and everyone will feel happy, hunky dory. But for Kansas State, whoo, guys. Could you, I'd, seriously, it's the most perfect storm of like team comes out and plays fantastic at home, coming off a loss that they probably shouldn't have lost if they hadn't been down to the third string quarterback, rare and ready to go versus team that's so beat up and has their worst performance of the season and you put those two things together and it's the kind of perfect storm that would sink a boat with george clooney and mark Hant, or no uh mark Wahlberg on it it felt therapeutic I feel like that was i feel like you needed that just a little bit so you're not hitting the panic button at all for like as an oklahoma state fan like you're fine the panic button is is spencer sanders ready to go because if he's not like no, like, are they going to lose the rest of every game the rest of the season? No, I, I don't. I agree with I don't. that. Like, they're not going to do They're that. not going to Arlington. They'll lose another game. Um, but injuries have just killed this team this season for them. Like, did you? Whoa, you don't think you're going to Arlington? Oklahoma State? Yeah. No, they're going to lose again. At this point, okay, so here's the deal. You've got two losses to TCU and Kansas State, two teams that are sitting I feel like this league is going to eat itself like even like Kansas State, a team that I think will make it there. Like I have them winning the league. Like for people who don't know, but I I have them winning. They still have like a gauntlet of this like the schedule left. Like you still should have hope. No, I I think this team's too beat up because I can't imagine they don't lose again with three losses. You have three losses in conference play. You need Kansas State. Like you lose the tiebreaker to Kansas State and TCU. TCU is going. So it's really the to me TCU is going. Yeah, that's actually a good. TCU point. is five and zero. Oh, they're undefeated. Their, the rest of their schedule, let's pull it up in conference play. I know they have Texas, and I know they have Baylor, and those are big games. You have Texas Tech, and you have Iowa State to end the season. Show me three losses. I don't mean that bad, but like I don't think they're losing three. No, I think TCU's the lock. So TCU's a lock for Arlington. Kansas State's 4-1. and one. Their schedule is Texas. Okay. Big game at Baylor, at West Virginia, home for Kansas, the Sunflower Showdown. How many games is Kansas State losing? Could they lose two more? They could lose to Texas. Yeah. They could the Sunflower could get wild and wacky. Baylor could be playing lights out and they could go to Waco and run into trouble there. Like I'm not saying they can't lose. I think they're playing well enough to win three of those four. Then after that, does Baylor went out? It's just the only way for me for OSU to get back to Arlington, because right now it's the second spot versus TCU. TCU is going to Arlington. Who's the second team? Texas is technically still in play. Baylor is still in play. Oklahoma State is, I guess, still in play, but the injuries just scare me too much to think they're not going to suffer another loss. And the only way for OSU to get there is to have chaos happen to everybody else and them to win out. And I don't think they're going to because I think they're too banged up. I have Also, it's just better if you convince yourself it's not going to happen. I, just... I, I can tell you that. 
Do we need for real? For real. So we're gonna talk OSU or to OU Iowa State next. All right, Robbie. Any? Uh, I've talked a lot about this game, so I'll let you guys talk Kansas State, Oklahoma State. Oh, uh, I hey, uh, you know what? You know what my weekend was. I got nothing, pal. I know. I know, Jamie. <laughs> no, for Kansas State, like the fact that Will Howard could do this is like so impressive because we thought that without Adrian Martinez, it would be kind of screwed, and I thought it was kind of the opposite. I actually think a lot of their wide receivers were like, yes, Will Howard is playing, which is a scary thought because from what we've seen from Will Howard in his in his college career, like our host, Gabe Eicher, for like about a 15-minute segment last year, just convinced everyone why Will Howard should become a tight end, which is just such a rude way to say you stink at being a quarterback. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you should just change everything about you. Um, but for this game, like the fact that they could do something more with their passing attack, like opens up so many things and definitely opens up a lot of things for Deuce Vaughn. Like, I think that I'm not saying that's the best version of Kansas state because I think they, they wish they had a better version of Will Howard, but I think it's a version that can prove to win a lot. And like, I think Adrian Martinez got them a lot of wins that they shouldn't like even that first Oklahoma win, like we didn't know Oklahoma was going to be that bad then. And the game against Texas Tech, like he won that there. So it's like he got them a lot of wins, and now I think they're in another stage. And the fact that, like this may be weird to say, but the fact that they ran it so much, their wide receivers are kind of fresh and healthy. And like you don't have to worry about that. So, like they, they are good to go. So I think Kansas State is going to the – I think they're going to win it all. I really do think defensively they are amazing. I think offensively we're seeing this new step for them. Uh, and they have the talent, but I'm worried about that Texas game. But this win against Oklahoma State, like, I think sets them up statistically wise and like how it goes, like, to be in the Big 12 title game. I'm excited for that. Battle of the Purples down there in Arlington. It's getting it's getting closer to being reality. My favorite color. Is that, yeah, is, is that your favorite color? I was going to say aesthetically pleasing. That's the most, that's the best championship game we could hope for. Yeah, that's why I've got, I've got several, uh, k-state and tcu home field shirts and it's also generally lately the color of my hair it's faded now it's blue now that's not intentional yeah if we were to pick a championship based on just colors i think that would be up there um what else is can we good color match can i can i request that from now on the big 12 game title game be color on color by the way color rush big 12 games it would be incredible oh god it would be incredible (laughs) First off, can we imagine like as purple long on purple? as it's not like a as long as it's not like a Baylor versus Kansas and they went with the red because my brother would have strong words on the subject. <laughs> I take it your brother is colorblind. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. okay. I was like, wait a minute. Does he just hate the color? Dark, red? Oh, it's it's okay. it's rough <laughs> enough with the, with the grass and red. <laughs> I, did you guys ever have to I take hear. the colorblind test? Did you have to do? We had to do that yes. in school. As, I as feel a like very that's that's such an awkward position for the teacher. If someone is colorblind, it's like, oh, I have some really bad news for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like I don't think a like, teacher went to school planning that. Particular. <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! John, I have to crush this person's hopes. And Johnny, dreams. what do you what do you think the two primary Christmas colors are? Um, <laughs> brown. Brown and light brown, yeah, right? Gray and other gray. Yeah. This doesn't seem very festive. Johnny, we got to talk. Um, okay. Speaking of got to talk. Oklahoma, Iowa State. Sorry, Jamie. Um, I My concern for this game heading into it was I thought 
Iowa State's defense could do enough to slow OU's offense enough down, and I thought they did. I thought oh, Iowa State's offense would do a better job against Oklahoma's defense. They did not. But my one big concern was, because the one thing where you saw kind of a an edge was Oklahoma's special teams is pretty solid, and Iowa State's remains absolute abhorrent hot garbage. Oklahoma scores on a fake field goal, and it's not that Iowa State was out of it from there, but man, it was kind of like, oh no, we're going to have this kind of game. Oh no. Oh, special teams is going to be the thing that decides it again for Iowa State. I, I'm having, it's, I'm kind of on that boat with West Virginia of like, I'm, I'm, it's getting harder and harder to defend my, they're not as bad as their record indicates take. The offense really just might be that bad in, in Ames, um, and the special teams are worse. I, look, here again, I keep hammering this point. If you're Matt Campbell and you're going to win games the way you like to, which is you don't, you're blow, you don't blow teams out often. You win a lot of, play a lot of one score in close games. Why you wouldn't just say the way we've been doing this isn't working. We've got to completely do something new to, to give yourself the advantage in special teams. Why you would allow a, a sit spot on the field to be so bad that it's costing you games when you play close games as opposed to being an advantage for you. I do not understand. I don't understand the comments he's made of like, we're doing this the way we've been doing. It's been successful. It's not successful. It literally is not. It is awful. You last check, you were 115th in special teams this year. And it's been getting worse and worse and worse every single year by FEI special teams ratings. You have got to be kidding me, Matt Campbell. You are a smart guy. You are a brilliant coach. You know more about football than I I could ever know. You have got to be kidding me. I don't care that you hired some former NFL guy to come be a special. Figure it out. Hire a special teams coordinator. A full-time special. Just do it. Because what you've been doing where everyone participates together, kumbaya crap, ain't cutting it. God, you cannot continue to be this bad at special teams. It is embarrassing. Look, I looked at my phone and I saw that touchdown off the fake. Bro, I was the best personal attendant in the history of the universe because I was like, oh boy. I can't let myself watch this. <laughs> you better keep me busy. <laughs> and it was pretty successful. So I tell you what, uh, I won and my friend won and no one, no one else won, but we did. And also I got to say, as someone who, like, very openly has less football knowledge than, like, a a good chunk of the people who are in the position that I am of, like, actually talking about it on a regular basis and being listened to in some capacity, take it seriously, I will not say. But people listen to this show, and I'm on it, so, you know, that's something. Um... I like I I'm not as clueless as I sometimes joke about. And Philip Philip very kindly reminds me of that. Very nice, good confidence booster. But like, I always just feel like I must be missing something, and I'm not because it doesn't make sense. 
And I try in my mind to make it make sense. Because like you said, like there's just not there's not a good logical reason. And every I'm struggling to speak because every cell of my body fights against like the idea of questioning coaching decisions. Because, like, I I get the general, like, no one knows what happens behind closed doors. Like, you've got your own stuff that happens. And that's generally, like, my default because I know, like, what that's like and having people not understand that stuff. But just, like, it, this didn't start this year. I just, I just kept thinking, like, there's got to be something else behind it there. Like, I have to be missing. I'm not missing something. This is ridiculous. My my brain cannot cannot take it anymore. I can't wa I can't watch another way for Iowa State to manufacture new and innovative ways to lose. Do it a normal way. Just be normal. You know that meme where it's the mom turning around to the kid? Why can't you just be normal and he's screaming? That's Iowa State finding new ways to lose. And I, I simply, I simply cannot do it. I am divested from the situation. It has always been out of my hands. So I won't say it's out of my hands, but it's also mostly out of my mind. I am now immediately going like to make therapist. the meme. This is awesome. I'm, I'm going to go make <laughs> that awesome. meme like right now. <laughs> Good. No, shocked. It isn't common at this point. As someone who like doesn't have a dog in the fight, like I have no team that I necessarily root for. To hear you guys just like fully be fans was like really refreshing. Like to, to have you guys be like, all right, we'll be we're like, like everything sucks. Like I don't say I took joy from it, but it was just like, oh okay. Like I love the passion of college football. I was pretty wrong with a lot of things in the Big Twelve season. One thing that I was not wrong on, I thought Iowa State was going to stink, and like 100%, that was true. If you have to rely on Hunter Deckers to throw 57 times, you're probably not very good. At Big 12 Media Day, I will never forget this because when I said it, I was like, that's just incorrect. Matt Campbell, like, this is top to bottom, the best running back room we've ever had. And I'm like, are you serious? What? You've had Brees Hall. You have David Montgomery. Like, David Montgomery, like, this running back room stinks. And the fact that he said that so boldly, he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, and Hunter's like one hell of an athlete. Like he's really going to do things special here. And it's like, you just lied. I just saw you lie to a bunch of people. Uh, so yeah, Iowa State, I feel really bad. This didn't tell me a lot about Oklahoma as well. Uh, so this is a game you're just like, all right, well, Iowa State wasn't very good. And Oklahoma is, uh, yeah, I just, I, not, not great. I'm sorry, Jamie. This team is not very good. Hey, it's basketball season. <laughs> yes. On the plus side, Iowa State's defense held Oklahoma to its fewest points while Dylan Gabriel was the full-time starter for a full game. So, again, defense did its job. Iowa, the offense turned the ball over three times. Man. Not even a plus anymore. Decker's, Decker's still has a little bit yeah. of, I could throw it over that mountain energy to him. and um, Uncle Rico? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A little bit. The lefty Uncle Rico. Um, Man. I mean... 
uh, okay, let's let's. I I like Iowa State fans, and a lot of them listen to the show, and uh, I'm very I'm very friendly with them. So I'm just, we're going to move on. Um, we'll learn more about Oklahoma this coming week in their game against Baylor, which we'll talk about in just a second. Uh, lots going on around the Big Twelve. Big Twelve soccer tournament is underway. Texas, West Virginia, and TCU I know have moved on as of recording this. Let's go see. I know Texas Tech and Oklahoma are playing. While I look up, Oklahoma State men and women swept the Big Twelve cross country championship. Uh, I watched some of that on ESPN Plus. Shout out to ESPN Plus for still allowing me the opportunity to watch things like the Big Twelve men's and women's cross-country championship. I think it's awesome that it's available to see. Those are the kinds of three reasons that I'm happy to have ESPN Plus because I can watch that kind of stuff, and I think it's super cool because if you enjoy those things, like I do, especially when my team wins, then it's a, it's a good thing to be able to have access, to be able to just put it on your uh, put it on your second screen at work and uh, and have it on. I'm trying to delay while I can get Twitter to load Texas Tech soccer mm. Twitter account so I can see if I can find the score Halftime, it's nil-nil. That was 12 minutes ago. So, scoreless. Uh, the team will move on. Glad we waited yeah. on that yeah. one. Winner will advance to uh, face TCU. Uh, Texas will play West Virginia. Uh, I expect a Texas-TCU championship game, uh, which should be a lot of fun for soccer. I I think that's it on the wraparound. Uh, Jamie, you had something. Big 12 volleyball. Slept on. Slept on. So entertaining. It's so good. Iowa State, second in the conference. Ah, that's why Jamie's paying attention. No, I'm kidding. Um, I've I've always loved volleyball, but it's easy to it's easy to overlook because it's not covered unless you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. And so when finally it like re grabbed my attention, I'm like, oh, it's volleyball season, and they've been on a killer streak. They've won seven straight in conference. So. If anyone wants to come start up the uh, 1012 Podcast Network's Big 12 Volleyball Podcast, um, you can hit us up. It'll have to be for next you can year hit us up on it season ends in a couple On Twitter weeks, at 1012 Network, in number 12 network, email 1012podcast at gmail.com. Okay. Jamie, you had some basketball stuff you wanted to touch on before we wrapped up, and then we'll, yeah, we'll do uh, uh, next week's games. Yeah, it's because it's, it's, uh, it's currently relevant. So – um. Hoopal awards go to the best player in their respective position in men's and women's basketball to form a starting five of, you know, theoretically five of the best players in the country. Uh, I I think they've done a good job so far. They've only been awarding them for, you know, 20 years. And I think (laughs) they've gotten a lot of things right. So, uh, they're good. They're good. It's not like a hundred years, but I think in 20 years, they've done pretty good. Uh, some of them, some of them are new. Anyway, I digress. I, you don't need a history of them. It's, it's the top at their position. Uh, men's and women's and there are, uh, they've, they've already opened up fan voting. So there are nominees from the big 12 for every position, both men's and women's. Um, and in, on both sides, they are near the top of numbers of nominees for the conference. So on the men's side, uh, the big 12 nominees for the Bob Cousy point guard award are Grant Sherfield from Oklahoma, Mike Miles Jr. from TCU, Tyrese Hunter from Texas. Moving on, Jerry West shooting guard award nominee. 
Uh, Adam Flagler from Baylor and Kevin McCullough Jr. from Kansas, both of the shooting guard nominees. The nominees for Julius Irving's Small Forward Award are Jalen Wilson from Kansas, Timmy Allen from Texas, and Kevin Obenor from Texas Tech. Uh, just the, well, I, I suppose I, I should have said there is one from all the Big 12 teams and future Big 12 teams because technically the only quote unquote Big 12 nominee for the Carl Mullen Power Forward Award is Jairus, Jairus Walker from Houston. So technically not Big 12 yet, but like relevant to our interests. And then three nominees for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Center Award, which is Oshuni from ISU, Musa Sise from OSU, and then Fardaz. I'm I don't know if I'm saying that one right from tech. And then on the women's side, Nancy Lieberman point guard award. Uh, you've got Emily Ryan from Iowa state, which I thought she was like super snub, not being on it last year, but she was kind of flying onto the radar still definitely not doing that anymore as well as Rory Harmon from Texas. Uh, and that's obviously a really hotly contested uh category that's going to be a top one the point guard award so that's going to be an interesting one uh and myers dresdell is a shooting guard award on the women's side you've got jamie asbury at baylor taylor robertson from oklahoma who feels like she's been there for 80 years and sonia morris from texas the cheryl miller small forward award which you might as well name the iowa state cheryl miller small forward award because we've won three of the past five uh in that category, but you've got Asia Blackwell from Baylor, Ashley Jones from ISU is trying to three-peat, uh, Maddie Williams from OU, Lior Garzon from OSU, and Shea Holly from Texas. So there's 20 people on the shortlist, and the Big 12 has five. That's pretty huge, especially at that position. That's good, right? I think that's good. Yeah, Seems good. It, I mean, it's wild. It's really crazy. And, you know, from all five different schools, it's it says something, but uh, Katrina McLean, power forward. You've got Drayana Edwards from Baylor. Uh, for BYU, throw that in there. Lauren Gustin and then Aaliyah Moore at Texas. You've got one from the Big 12 for the Lisa Leslie Center Award, and that's Taylor Jones at Texas. So uh, especially if you have room interest for almost every team in the Big 12, there's not a nominee from Case date um i don't know if any other teams are fully without a nominee on either side there's one from tcu but uh most most people with interest in the big 12 will have someone specific to vote for and then hey maybe just vote for other big 12 people because you have to vote for all five so it looks good if your conference has nominees right so you can go to hoopallawards.com and vote and it's it's super fun. It's it's really interesting. Obviously, I'm I'm biased because of ISU's context there, which I should say the it's the men's side has been doing it for like 20 years, but the women's side only started it about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's pretty new over there. But yeah, Iowa State has three of the five winners so far. So kind of seems good. Kind of special. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I had I actually saw someone on Twitter mentioning that it was already open for voting, which I didn't realize that they opened it literally the second that they release the preseason watch list, which I thought was very interesting as far as those kind of awards go. You don't really see that done. So if you're someone who's really into online poll voting, Iowa like State some fans. fan bases I know, <laughs> yes. and if you're looking to channel some energy into something... Have I got a deal for you? I, Iowa State fans and Texas Tech fans, those those two uh, 
They are the most online for they sure. Themse- Oklahoma fan too as well, but they don't care about basketball. Very, sadly. very different though. Very different. Okay. Uh, one thing uh, and I forgot a uh, Cincinnati UCF game, best big 12 game of the weekend last week from a standpoint of just how exciting it was down at the end. Incredible game. UCF pulls off the nice close win there to keep themselves in the race for the AAC title game. Obviously as big 12 fans, we were hoping for a AAC title game matching up two incoming members, no shot at Tulane. Though for Kansas State fans, if you're rooting for Tulane to win the AAC, because it just that's good for you. That loss just keeps looking better and better and better every week. Tulane looks really good, and I wouldn't hate adding Tulane because having New Orleans as a Big Twelve city wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Just saying your mark in case you are listening to this show. Okay, let's wrap this show up the way we do every week. Looking to the games ahead this week, we have Oklahoma State on the road at Kansas. OSU currently a three and a half point favorite. Texas Tech on the road at TCU. Big noon Saturday going to be there. TCU a 10 point favorite. Baylor on the road at Oklahoma. In a game that's available on ESPN Plus, if no one else thinks that sounds insane, Oklahoma a three and a half point favorite. West Virginia at Iowa State. Iowa State a six and a half point favorite. Texas at Kansas State. Texas a three point favorite. Which seems okay, sure. Uh, look, I know we're all going to pick from these. Sorry, incoming members. It's a long show, so we'll talk more about you next time. You know you can't pick your team. Jamie, which game are you most excited for or looking forward to the most this coming Saturday? No, I said earlier that there's no rules on this podcast. There's one rule. No. Absolutely not. I will not listen to the one rule. I will not pick from any of the options listed. My game of the week is Iowa State women's basketball exhibition game, 6.30 p.m. versus Winona State. That is all I care about. That is all I care to think about. And that is my choice. Jamie, it's very on brand, and I appreciate that. Robbie... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which game are you watching? Uh, for that, uh, this has been a joy so far. Uh, so my the game that I'm looking forward to the most is, I think, and it's a shame it's on Fox Sports 1, is definitely Texas-Kansas State. Kansas State wins this, put them in the title game. I think that they proved a lot. And the reason why I think Texas is favored by three, coming off a bye and you're playing, Will Howard is still Will Howard. So I think that is the reason why. And also I just think big money goes on goes on texas for the betting line but that's a game that is just so intriguing it is a damn shame that some of these games are on espn plus but hey uh we will see but yeah no i think that game will determine a lot of the big 12 title race and uh i love that the the tv for this week is incredibly weird you get the big noon saturday on fox it's awesome tcu hosting texas tech Great opportunity to showcase TCU as they deserve to be showcased more. They're not getting enough pub for being undefeated and being as good as they are and having Max Duggan. The rest of the slate is two FS1 games, Oklahoma State at Kansas and Texas at Kansas State on FS1, 2.30 for the first one, 6 o'clock for K-State, Texas. And then your other two games, West, or, or West Virginia, Iowa State, ESPN Plus, sure, get it. I makes a lot of sense. Baylor at Oklahoma is on ESPN Plus, and every OU fan on Twitter just went, what? To which I respond, it's not at 11, so quit complaining. You know, you guys all go and take part in one of them. Yeah, you got what you wanted. It's not It's not a noon kickoff, okay? Just, you, you didn't know, specify anything else about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, just get used to having games on networks that you can't find 
OU. There's plenty of SEC channels that aren't primary ones. You'll be on them. Don't don't worry. I like yes, Texas Kansas State is the biggest game because I'm with you, Robbie. I think if Kansas State pulls off this win, just just prepare yourself for a battle of purple down in Arlington. Like I just I think that's most likely what's oh. going to happen. Um, and let's be honest, the way that first matchup went, yeah, I want to watch that one again. Like I, I want to see that one without a uh, mid-game multiple quarterback injuries for Kansas State. Like I want to see them both go in there and stay healthy with the same players. Not see Kansas State have a bunch of guys drop due to injury or, or targeting, whatever. Just I want that game again. That game was awesome. I hope it's a good one again, and we'll see if that's what happens. Um, the other big game is I know it's on ESPN Plus. We keep making jokes about it, but but Baylor OU is a big game. I think we will learn who Oklahoma is again the last two weeks Iowa State before that it was Kansas again with Jason Bean I'm really curious what Oklahoma looks like against a Baylor team that looks like they are playing better is it another situation of you fool me you you, you fooled me because you played well two weeks and now you're going to go and have a clunker because you're still not quite there Baylor or is the fact that you're still not completely out of Big 12 title game contention with the games you have in front of you. Because you got OU, and then comes the stretch of TCU, Kansas State, Texas. If Baylor's getting back to Arlington, you're, you're going up against Oklahoma before the three-game gauntlet stretch. It's a big game for Baylor on the road to Norman. So I, that's the second game I would say is this one's got a lot on it. Obviously, TCU, Texas Tech is a big game because it's on Big News Saturday. TCU trying to remain undefeated. I do think for Kansas OSU, it's interesting. Does Spencer Sanders go? Is Jalen Daniels back? Does How does OSU bounce back? Kansas has had a week off. What did they look like at home in that situation? Is this the spot where they're able to take advantage of a beat-up OSU and get that sixth win to get ball eligibility? Kansas running out of opportunities to do that, and with the schedule they have the rest of the way. Philip, this is a scary question yeah. going off this. Kansas's last four games, Oklahoma State home at Texas Tech. Home, Texas. Oh, that might be the win. Uh, at Kansas State. They need one more win to be bowl eligible. Yeah. Will it happen against Oklahoma State? Is that the most likely opportunity? I think at Texas Tech and their rotating quarterback chair is the most likely. Um, I think this one is 1B because of you're coming off your week off. You've had time to rest and get healthy. If Jalen Daniels is back in this game, that's that it scares as an OSU fan. Like it scares me because this is a, a good, mm. well-coached Kansas team. Does OSU let the loss to Kansas state beat them twice? Can Spencer Sanders go? How healthy is Dominic Richardson? Your offensive line. I just, I OSU Gundy doesn't want to talk about injuries. So we're not going to know anything until Saturday. I just, I, I am as an OSU fan. I'm ner- I'm nervous about this game because this this screams like Kansas has a good opportunity. Kansas Kansas has come such a long way. I'm so proud of them. Oh, no. They make they're making you nervous. Every week they should be the ones where you like that's where you go apple picking. Now you're nervous. That's what a what a time. It's fun while it lasted. <laughs> now we have West Virginia. No, I'm I'm sorry, West Virginia fans. I am. All right. Uh they aren't the ones at the bottom, baby. <laughs> I'm more worried about uh Iowa State's defense. Of course uh, I don't know. The Iowa State-West Virginia game, battle for the bottom of the Big 12. That's the real buckle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and that's where we end this show on. I am Philip Slavin. We are, of course, the 1012 Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at 1012network, T-E-N, number 12, the word network. Check out every show in the network at 1012network.com. That includes the Midwest Madness Podcast, which will be back up and running this week with new host, Robbie Triano. On Twitter, I don't remember the Twitter handle because I don't have to say it very often, so forgive me. But Midwest Madness is available everywhere podcasts can be found, so go ahead and subscribe. That first episode will be up on Monday. Uh, you, Robbie, what's your Twitter handle, bud? At the Triano Kid, T-R-I-A-N-O. I am an adult, but I still call myself the Triano Kid, so follow me there. You caught, Wait, did you give yourself that nickname? Yeah. I, I did it in the eighth grade, and I just never changed. So it's just, uh, just I was bold, big and bold, and then I was too lazy to find a new one. And I didn't want to be an adult and just put Robbie Triana. Like that's just lame. my handle like, is I, a is a nickname that I got right around that time, but I didn't give it to myself. That's the key. Oh. That's the key. She is Jamie Steyer Johnson. That's J Styles J S T E Y Z on Twitter. Of course, the host of the Cyclone Family Podcast, part of the Ten Twelve Network. Go check it out. I would expect a new episode from you and Eric this week. Yeah, tomorrow if I don't fall asleep before I finish editing it, which it should take 10 minutes. Everyone knows I don't really edit. (laughs) All right, we're going to wrap it. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. Podcast Network.